Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, dum-dums? It's hard to believe, but football is back. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity because who doesn't like making money? If you want to get into the action with a trusted company that's been around for years, MyBookie is the place for you. It's easy, no hassle, mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport imaginable. MyBookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. I'm too messed up talking about it. If you deposit today with MyBookie, they will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. If you put in $100, they will give you $50 for free. That's almost half. So go to MyBookie and sign up today with the promo code ARMCHAIR. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Tigers trying to turn up the tempo on second and five with a 40. Bryant with the time. The pass is caught. And a touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the back. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. It's another win for our Mizzou Tigers who uh, walloped SEMO 50 to nothing. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me is Kale Garrett's salsa dance instructor, Caleb Bungard. Hello, kids. Not with us tonight is uh, Colin Anthony, who is uh, on a mission. Uh, Nick Saban personally called him and asked if he would covertly install GPS chips into each and every Alabama student who plans to attend a football game this year. So he's doing it. I hope he does. It's important to know where your fans are and to uh, chastise them when they're going and doing things with their lives that you don't approve of, like Nick Saban. Yeah, I mean, you've got to keep track of what 18-year-old kids are doing because they have to be at your football game. It doesn't matter that they already, their parents paid for those tickets and they're supporting the athletic program. You have to have them there. College is about football, <laughs> That's not right. about anything else. I mean, I don't understand what these kids are doing. It's all about football all the time, nothing else. What was the name of that Ohio State quarterback who said, I ain't here to play school? I ain't here to play school. <laughs> <laughs> We're off track. We are here to talk about a big win for the University of Missouri Tigers. Caleb, it was it was kind of a laugher. It was what we'd hoped for, but it is not fun to watch on Saturday in the second half. It was interesting that they threw a pass TD, they rushed for a TD, they got a defensive TD, and a special teams TD. That was pretty special. 
And that was the first quarter, right? Yeah, all in the first quarter. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they did their business early. Uh, they petered off after that. We kept the starters in a little longer than I expected, I guess, given the score. But we got to see a lot of Kelly Bryant, a lot of Larry Roundtree, and uh, really a lot of the Kale Garrett. Everybody put on a performance. Uh, 50 to nothing. There's very little to complain about in a game like this. The last two opponents, I think our biggest question has been, how shitty is the team we're playing? Because the answer looks like pretty shitty. Because I think as a Missouri fan, if they're not pretty shitty, then you have to look at the alternative, which is just terrifying, which is Mizzou's pretty fucking good. Have you seen that commercial where Jerome the Bus Bettis is playing flag football? I sure have. That's what Larry Roundtree looked like Saturday. He looked like <laughs> the bus playing against old men, young men, something that weren't football players. He didn't try. He just runs straight up and down, bowls some people over, touchdown. See you later. Well, I think it was uh, midway through the first quarter when you texted me and said that this looks like NFL players versus high school players. This is not just uh, Division One SEC versus an FCS school. This looked like a world of talent difference. Oh, it, it was exponential. It wasn't. It wasn't even close. So I went and looked up Southeast Missouri, whatever NFL players over the years, and I th- got like ten of them. I didn't recognize any of them. And I think the the highest drafted was like the seventh round. So they're not getting world beaters, but they have made some college playoffs in their division and things. But I mean, the separation is huge. It it's kind of a joke. Yeah, so that leads us to Tom Davis from SEMOBall.com who came on uh, last week and was telling us about what they were like. And I think even he wasn't prepared for the jump in talent at the different levels because while he did predict uh, Missouri to win this game, I, I had the feeling that like he really thought that SEMO might come down and jump down Missouri's throat. And there was never a – I mean, from the word fucking go, it was a, not a ball game. I mean, it was – it, it kind of scares me a little bit because I'm really worried about the South Carolina game, and I want them to be in the right headspace. And I don't know if coming off a big cupcake win is the right headspace. I don't know. I don't know where you want to be. So the question is, and you kind of posed it: is is Mizzou really good, or are we playing people that are really bad? And it, right. it, this game's going to prove that because I watched most of that South Carolina Alabama game. That game should have been tied at halftime. They played with them. They they gave Alabama everything they wanted in that first half. That game was close, and they made Alabama look like a pedestrian team, like a, just a normal SEC squad. So we could have our hands full, or we could fucking blow them out of the water because we're really good. Yeah, we just don't know at this point. I mean, I think it's encouraging to see that West Virginia won this weekend um, after – we beat them. That was the question we had is how fucking bad is West Virginia? Maybe they're not the worst team in the fucking power five conference. You know, maybe they're halfway decent and we're really fucking good. I think I'm looking for any alternative not to have to admit that we might be really fucking good because after the Wyoming game, it scares me to know. A team I kind of don't want to be really good because we lost to Wyoming and then what's and the we've got that playoff really fucking good. Yeah. And we've got the ball too. And it's yeah. not going to change. So really good. 11 and one team that beat Georgia is still just an 11 and one team that gets to go home. Yeah, that's right. With the bowl band hanging over our heads, it makes me scared to be a really good team. But I do enjoy watching a really good team. And if that's what we're seeing, rather than just a really bad team going up against a middling SEC team, if we actually are good, it's still going to be a hell of a lot of fun to watch. And we owe South Carolina a fucking beatdown. I hope it happens. Yeah, Barry, is, uh, Barry hasn't beat them. 
Yeah. Um, Them or Kentucky, we need to fucking right the ship. And now is the time. And duly noted in my mind, uh, the fans came out Saturday to watch SEMO play Mizzou. They sure did. Yeah, it was a big crowd. Surprisingly big. And speaking of that, I read today that UCLA gave out 75,000 tickets to their fans to come watch Oklahoma play them. Jesus if look, Christ. If you look at that stadium, it is all Oklahoma fans. Mm. There's none of them. So congrats to Mizzou fans that had tickets. You actually showed up to the game and paid for the tickets. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good to see because we are in the world where it's so much easier just, just to stay home and drink cheap beer from your giant HD television. And so the fact that people are coming for a SEMO game means if we keep this thing rolling, there could be some good crowds in Faroe. And it is nice. I mean, I'll say that new south end zone. When you watch those games on TV, um, it just makes the stadium feel bigger somehow to have that backdrop. You know what I mean? It's- oh, it looks really nice. I saw some pictures some people took from the press box and other areas. Yeah. And it, the the way it's opened up there looks awesome. Yeah. They've done a they've done a great job. Yeah, and the only people I uh, feel bad for are the people who bought tickets to that bunker club for like six hundred dollars a year per ticket thinking I'm going to be able to watch the game and drink beer only to have a month later the SEC say all the stadiums can sell beer throughout the stadium. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel well, bad for those people. <laughs> they ain't getting their money back, I can tell you that. Yeah, enjoy that Bunker Club beer because it's ex- each one's expensive, you know. Yeah. It would make me want to get super drunk so I could, you know, like justify each beer, you know. In, they oh. probably serve White Claw there or something where they pound the rest <laughs> of the stadium. <laughs> if know? they do, they'll be flocking in, I guess. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean – it is tough to talk about a game where you win 59. I guess it should be noted that it was the 500th game at Faro Field, and uh, Ben Harrell wrote a nice little article for us about the significance of that. And so um, it's interesting. They scored, I guess, 50 to nothing. So 5-0-0 was the score on our 500th game. The actual action in the game, there isn't much to talk about. There's nothing that Simo did that was notable. You know, not a single player stood out. And there was no real fault in our play at all. Did you find anything, Caleb? No, Caleb Garrett looked like an NFL linebacker. He did. He played really well. They really enjoy Caleb Garrett uh, talking about him and all the things he does. He's a nice kid, and he looked good. You know, uh, Colin, nobody's been harder on our linebacking crew than I think Colin. And uh, he's probably the most reserved with his praise for a guy like Caleb Garrett. But And granted, we've only seen him against these podunk teams. But if he continues to play like he has when we do get into the heart of the SEC schedule, I think even the uh, doubters like Colin will come around to say that uh, Kale well, Garrett. Well, you, you coach peewee league linebackers like Colin does. True. Uh, your standards are really, really high. I don't know if you've uh, watched his kids play, but, I mean, they're grabbing flags like no one else. Sure, there. sure. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, that's right. He's sort of. Uh, he has the sort of insider's knowledge that other people wouldn't do to that uh, peewee football coaching. Yeah, it's, he, he's a magician out there with linebackers. <laughs> I really am impressed with our wide receiving core so far because they have uh, helped Kelly Bryant look good throwing the ball deep. Uh, I particularly like Nance, who is our uh, uh, transfer graduate transfer from uh, Mississippi. He's really got good hands in a way that we haven't seen our receivers have good hands in he years does. past. And Kelly, Kelly Bryant has thrown for more yards in a game than Drew Locke ever did last year. <laughs> yeah, how about that? I mean, 
there was a game like this that Drew Locke had. Well, we scored like 70 to nothing. He just put up video game numbers. And it may have been SEMO. I can't remember in uh-huh. years past. But uh, but he didn't surpass what Kelly Bryant did so far yeah, this year. Yeah, throwing the football. And he, throw, he throws the football well. Yeah, he does. It is a good ball. It's everything like Colin was saying. It's You're so dangerous because he's so versatile. If anything, I would say he doesn't tuck and run enough. And maybe that is looking out for the NBA where those guys don't want that to be the first option because the defense is so big they're going to get hurt. Because if you're not Cam Newton, you're going to get hurt. But anyway, he if he would be more open to run the football downfield whenever the play doesn't look great, there would be no stopping this Mizzou offense. You know what I mean? We could look to go deep every time, and then when the play breaks down, have Kelly Bryant run for 12 yards. You know, that yeah, could you be our watch offense. O- watch Oklahoma play for three minutes. That's right. That's exactly right. That, I mean, that could be our offense if we, we play tight. And I think in an emergency situation, that would be our offense. But we've got to convince uh, Kelly Bryant that he can run whenever he wants to run. And then, you know, Katie bar the door. He's the best athlete on most fields. You know, I was questioning him only because of this. I feel like as Mizzou fans, we get hyped up really fast and really hard about people, even when the hype doesn't match what he is. He is, I think, what he was built up to be. He's a mature, talented, fun athlete to watch. And he is, I mean, it's so nice to go from Drew Locke to a guy who knows how to run on offense from the word go. And, uh, we're going to appreciate him at the end of the year more than we did at the beginning because we may not see another one of him in a while because they just don't walk in your front door. That's right. That's right. And I think a lot of people should sit and think for a little bit the significance of Kelly Bryant coming to Mizzou, not just for the year he spends here, but what it means for the program that a top-notch athlete from the number one team in the country when he's looking to go somewhere else mizzou is a viable option and you can and he, kelly bryant has been successful here i mean i feel like just from a reputation standpoint kelly bryant coming here and playing well it does great great things for the if we're three and oh he's in the top five in the heisman right now i mean they're talking about him with tua and hertz and all these guys because we're three and oh and he has outstanding numbers yeah I mean, from the season standpoint there could be an element of losing to wyoming got people's head out of the clouds for a little bit and now they're just playing football which would be good but uh who knows i mean i think what the wyoming game does for kelly bryant does for mizzou it just makes everything a big fat question mark in a way that before we just had these very high expectations and if they didn't come true we were going to be super disappointed the pressure we, may be off now yeah we got disappointed early and now we're just playing game but, uh, you know, the, we go through this stretch where we got, I think, what, five home games in a row. And this could be a stretch where if we're as good as we think we could be, we could reel off a bunch of wins here against good teams and uh, be in a real, real position to uh, make the NCAA uncomfortable. Yeah, let's hurt them. <laughs> Caleb, I wanted to talk to you about something else um, not quite Mizzou-related, but uh, you and Colin had been talking about the show Yellowstone. Yes. You've been talking about it pretty highly. Oh, absolutely. Love it. So uh, I, I was like, i got to get in on this. There are some people who are talking about it, too. Um, I'm only an episode and a half in. It's it's tough to slog through. If it weren't for you guys and your recommendation, I don't know if I would keep slogging through. It's a little cheesy, I feel like. Well, it can't. It can't I think it could be there. You have to You have to soak in about three or four, then it hooks you. Yeah. you gotta, you got to get three or four deep in you. It's kind of like uh, it's like Letter Kenny. Yeah, like the first couple Letter Kennys you watch, they catch you with the one-liners, but you're like, "Well, how does all this tie together?" 
and all of a sudden, I mean, pitter-patter, you're on your way. <laughs> well, it's good to know because I was about to give up on it. Every scene that's got the daughter in it, uh, it took me right the fuck out of it. She's such a bad, I don't know, bad actress or something. Oh, she's not great, but you'll love her later on. Okay. Well, um, this was a hard left turn from Mizzou football conversation, but I thought it had to be said. Yeah, well, keep on. <laughs> so we do have South Carolina next week. South Carolina, as you mentioned, played well for about a half against Alabama and uh, came out with a respectable score. But ultimately, they got doubled up on by Alabama, and Mizzou is a 10-point favorite at this point, which always, again, scares the living shit out of me. If, if I could talk to Barry right now mm-hmm. and uh, Derek Dooley after watching that game and really studying it, just run slants with wide receivers, throw it to them, and you will score a touchdown every time because that's what Alabama did in the second half. Mm-hmm. Run a slant, throw it, touchdown, game over. We should be really perfectly built to do just that. Yes. We ought to be able to accomplish that feat, and it seems like it worked a lot for Alabama, so... Yeah. God damn it, let's try it. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> All right, well, what do you say, Caleb? We go to our first break, come back, and uh, we can go around the horn with the SEC and talk about some of the other football that we saw. Perfect. This is the Mazzotcast. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Seems like it was only yesterday. (laughs) Vaguely. Do you want to increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bedroom? I know that I do. Need anything I can get. I do not have a large penis. No, it's sad. We share the same genetics. We've been shortchanged. Yeah, it was not. Well, fair. I've got news for you and I, Brennan, and for all of our listeners. Good news. I hope and that so. is BlueChew.com. That's right, BlueChew.com. Mm, sounds like dog medicine. It's not dog medicine. It's dong pills. So what you're saying is we're now one of those podcasts sponsored by dong pills. You better believe it. Great. Yes. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with an FDA approved. This is not pseudoscience bullshit. My dick will be the judge of that. <laughs> Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. So if you conceivably want to drive a 16-penny nail through a 2x4 with your cock, Blue Chew is for you. What if you want an erection so hard that a cat couldn't scratch it? Well, then Blue Chew is for you. What if you want your erection to be so hard it's like a diamond in an ice storm in Greenland? <laughs> well, Blue Chew is for you. Fair enough. You can take them anytime, day or night. On a full stomach or empty, and since they are chewable, they work twice as fast as the other pills. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. (laughs) (laughs) I see what they did there, Blue Chew. Well, what if you have no teeth, Colin? Well, (laughs) (laughs) bad question, dickhead. (laughs) All right, so. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR, just pay $5 shipping. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. That's right. Dong pills. <laughs> Dong pills. <laughs> Making big boy plays and I'm about to run the town. Making big boy plays and I'm about to shut it down. Making big boy plays and I'm about to run the town. Making big boy plays, man, I'm about to shut it down. I bust a super dope move, everybody know me. When it come to getting money, man, you can't have slow feet. And we're back. I played this one last week. I liked it so much, I'm putting it back again. It's called Super Dope Move. It's by Chris Pritham with Speak Easy. Um, we get a lot of music in. I like this one a lot. Send yours in to mizadcast at gmail.com, and we'll play it. 
We talked a little bit about the Missouri win over SEMO, 50 to nothing in their upcoming game against South Carolina, but there was a lot of other football going on around the league, and so uh, we're going to cover it now with SEC Around the Horn. We, we break our bread at Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. Well, Colin's not here, but I'm going to try to do my best to start up the fine bot. Alabama. Alabama. Nick Saban. Are you ready to do this, Paul? Yes, sir. All right. Well, Caleb, let's talk a little SEC football. Uh, we got lots of stuff going this week. Full slate of games. First up, Arkansas State. Dick. Uga 55. So Mizzou wasn't the only team that dicked somebody. Nope. There was a couple dickings done in the SEC, and Georgia did one of them. They look good. It's going to be really fun to watch them in Alabama play in the SEC title game. <laughs> Georgia. Georgia. Uh, but not in the title game, you don't think, Paul? Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, next up, Auburn played uh, Kent State, I think, 55-16 to 16, Auburn. Yeah, that's uh wasn't just a hard week to talk about football against Mizzou and SEMO, but it was a lot of cupcakes this week. Oh, there was hardly any games in the entire conference. Uh, here's one that's got the whole state of Tennessee just jacked up. Tennessee. Uh, yeah, Tennessee beat uh, Chattanooga 45 to nothing. Big win. Yes, sir. They tied the alphabet for W's this week. Yeah, yeah. They uh, it is a big win when you consider they needed any win. They're awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be fun to watch them get thumped around. Tennessee is still the pick to win the SEC East. Right, Paul, your uh, programming needs updated. Yeah, he he's Windows ninety five still, I think. <laughs> and uh, we right had about a- that. A and M playing a letter school like Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. Texas A and M, yeah, they won sixty-two to three. They gave them a field goal to make them feel good about themselves. <laughs> yep, Texas A and M. Uh, after coming off a tough loss against uh, Clemson, they needed something to get right, and they got it. And then a battle of SEC and Big Twelve. The Big Twelve prevails. Kansas State beats Mississippi State thirty-one twenty-four. No, no, Paul. It really happened. I don't. Did you happen to see that uh, video of that Mississippi State kid who was like? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. The helicopter. My my son has watched that play at least two thousand times on his iPad. He thinks it's the greatest thing ever. Oh, he's not the only one that's going to play that ten thousand times. ESPN. They all are going to play. I mean, that is. Oh, that's on the SEC highlight shows forever. It's never coming off there. Yeah. It's like that, and then they're going to show Tim Tebow crying. And that's the only two things they're ever going to have. <laughs> well, it, it it played well for the networks for a couple of reasons. One is it, it was a fucking crazy play. The kid flew uh, six feet in the air. It was like you said, helicoptering around. But the fact that he didn't get hurt means no, that he can... reached the ball out and tried to get a first down. <laughs> <with that afterwards. laughs> but yeah, and so they can keep uh, playing. You know, they can keep playing it without feeling bad. 
I was also going to ask you about, there was a Mississippi State player who was being interviewed prior to this game that was talking about how bad they were going to beat Kansas State and that he was going to pray for the players on Kansas State's team because they couldn't play with an SEC school like Mississippi State. He was he was an ex-player, right? He's in the NFL now. Oh, okay. Still, either way, yeah, it didn't look great, good. Though. He's he's in the NFL, but he was he was just going on about how the SEC was going to dog stomp him. The thing about the SEC schools that I feel like they need to get straight is that I agree the SEC is the best football conference, but it's not like the SEC and then six thousand places back is the next best conference. It's neck and neck every year. I mean, the ACC has had a good argument the last couple of years that well, they're yeah, the best. They've conference. won half of the last six titles. They <laughs> they are right there. So they need. So I feel like the people who pump their chest about the SEC need to realize that. Just because you're the top conference in the country doesn't mean that you're going to win every game and that Mississippi State is Alabama because they ain't. No, absolutely not. No one's, no one, there's too many kids to go around. It's not going head to tails. The SEC is just the best every time. Yeah. Vanderbilt is still in this conference. They play football? Yes. All right. Next up, LSU wins 65 to 14 over a letter school. Northwestern State, I believe. LSU. Yeah, that was another one. I'm eager to see LSU-Alabama this year. LSU looks so good, and they can actually throw a forward pass. I like LSU. I like Ed Ogeron. I would love to see them win a national championship and Ed Ogeron have to go on every late-night television program and talk. It would fucking make my day. Not only is Ed Ogeron a great interview, but... I like Ed Ogeron because there are so many fucking coaches that were hired into this league, like Will Muschamp, that are just retreads, and they failed at one school, and they go to another, and they fail at that school. And then, you, you know, you get a guy like – but no matter what happens, they act like he's second fucking coming whenever they get hired. Or even the guys that don't just get repeat chances, but just like when Butch Jones was hired, Tennessee was sure they were going to fucking be the best after that. Ed Ogeron was looked at as like a fucking stopgap measure after Les Miles got canned. You know, he no, I don't think anybody who was an LSU fan looked at Ed Ogeron as the answer, and he has been exactly what this program needed in the wake of Les Miles. Absolutely, and I bet his heart was sad when he won because that is his alma mater that he beat, that yeah. northwestern Louisiana. <laughs> is that right? Sure. I'm sure he pumped the brakes on that game. He could have put up 90. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if LSU wanted to put up 90, I think this is the year that LSU can put up 90. And they're a team that wins games 14 to 12 a lot of times. Yeah, and I enjoy seeing them score points. And that's yeah. a place that puts fans in the stands. So when you watch it on TV, it's exciting. It's a good game. So. Yeah, and, and everyone's drunk. Yeah, wasted. Uh, Alabama. We talked about earlier, they beat South Carolina 47-23. Close game in the first half, not in the second half. Alabama, Alabama. You're right, Paul. What do you think that says about Alabama as much as it says about South Carolina? I think they took an ass chewing at halftime and said this game is closer than it ought to be. Nick Saban. Stomp somebody, and uh, they went out there and did that. Yeah, they sure did. I think they can do that whenever they want to, unless Clemson's coming to town, and then I don't know. I think he has to. Saban has to find ways to pump those kids up because I they know they're world beaters. I mean, that's yeah. just all there is to it. Yeah. Um, we've got Arkansas playing Colorado State. Colorado State beat them last year. Arkansas exacted some revenge, won 55-34 to and scored 28 unanswered points and caused me not to cover the spread. <laughs> it's not nice, Paul. No, uh, Paul's a dick. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arkansas kind of, 
I, I think what it was is Colorado State sort of uh, had their spirit broken and it was just a bloodbath. But Arkansas could not be any worse than they were last year. They're bound no. to be a little bit better. And when they start getting better, they're going to start beating teams like Colorado State. So I think this is a sign that the program might be moving slightly in the right direction, although you didn't see it against the Ole Miss the week before. Yeah, I, I also saw something. It's not an SEC score, but I happened to be watching some Texas and Rice play. And, uh, of course, Texas is going to beat down Rice. Rice is not a perennial football power, but they are a smart school. You know, kids from Rice have a little tougher education than most. The Rice, Rice their band at halftime spelled out Texas's GPA on the field for them because Texas has <laughs> been bragging about how they had the highest GPA of all time on their football squad, which is like 2.8 something or whatever. So Rice spelled it out on the field for them. <laughs> um, so they may not have got a win in the football game, but they got a win in my heart for that yes, one. Yes, sir. Pretty salty. <laughs> That's right. I like uh, uh, insult anytime you can do it. Yeah, publicly. band humor. The band guys are, you know, they're good. <laughs> That's right. Uh, band jokes. That, Besides the Mizzou game, which we know what happened, that wraps up the SEC. All right, let's look ahead to next week because I think things get a lot more competitive as we really start getting into the SEC schedule. Uh, you know, Caleb, obviously we're doing that knockout league, and uh, I was looking at who I wanted to take this week, and it's kind of a tough one because uh, I don't fucking know who I want to pick. Between the teams that I've already used and what's available, there ain't much. I mean, it's going to be a lot of tough games to call. Oh, yeah, I was looking at it, too, because I burn up, you know, everything so far that I could burn up on it. And then we've got some teams off next week that aren't playing. So you hate to burn up an Alabama or someone like that next week, but it may come down to that if you want to be in this knockout league. Because we've got on the slate of schedule, we've got Tennessee playing Florida. Florida was without their their starting quarterback who got hurt, but I, from the looks of it, their backup's fucking better than their starter. I think it's the worst thing that can happen for us as Mizzou fans because the best thing was that bring Felipe Franks and put all your hopes on Felipe Franks. But their coach, uh, Cousin Eddie, Dan Mullen, for some reason loves him some Felipe Franks and keeps him in his, until he basically broke his body. And uh, now we've got a kid who seems like he actually knows how to play football, play offense for Florida, and uh, they're better now. That they lost their starting quarterback. Yeah, they're 14-point favorite over Tennessee. We will see if this kid's any better. He can't be any fucking worse. I think that even Felipe Franks or this kid, they're going to beat Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee is not good at football. And they probably, coming off a big win over a no-name school, they probably are back to being Tennessee and thinking that they're good again. You know what I mean? So they're going to get blindsided when Florida rails it up their ass. Absolutely. Well... Alabama plays uh, Southern Miss. Alabama is a 39-point favorite in that game, so that's a laugher coming next week. Well, I know Mississippi State played Southern Miss and kicked their ass, and then Mississippi State just got beat by Kansas State. So vis-a-vis Southern Miss playing Alabama, it ain't going to look good. Yeah, and then they have 23-ranked Cal coming to play Ole Miss next week. What do you make of this uh, game, Caleb? I mean, the Pac-12 schools have been horrible for so long. I don't know what to make of any of them. Uh, they have had they beat Washington, which is a good win for Cal, but it's still early, and I still have no idea what to make of this Ole Miss team. What do you Vegas, think? Vegas thinks it's a wash. You know, they they've got it as Ole Miss being a one point underdog, so it's basically even odds on that. Yeah. One. Yeah, you don't but, know with the Pac-12. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Everybody was talking about USC being awesome after last week. Then they played this weekend, get their ass kicked. 
This that, is that was what they were hanging their hopes on. This the is, only one I'd bet on is Mike Leach. If Washington <laughs> State's fucking playing, Mike Leach is the man. Yeah, if it's a if it's a wash on the uh, Vegas odds, you just use Mike Leach as the uh, as the difference maker for you, huh? Mike Leach, next Florida State head coach. That'd be Make great. It happen. It'd be great to bring him back to the United States instead of out there in Washington. We're hiding him out there. It's terrible. Yeah, he is probably he's going to find a Yeti before he's done though. Or something. <laughs> it's true. So we got LSU playing Vanderbilt. Oh, ugly. Poor Vandy. They're getting yeah. their tough thumpings out of the way early. They've already played it, Georgia. It's in Nashville, so uh, that would be a good weekend to be in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, we're going to bring that home field advantage um, to get beat by 60. And then uh, LSU fans, who are the best at getting drunk anyway, bring them to Nashville and get them drunker. I mean, over on under on how many bushwhackers get drank in Nashville has got to be 100,000 this weekend. So. Right. Good luck keeping that chocolatey drink on tap. <laughs> All right. Here's the only game this week. Well, not the only one. There's another one. But only game that's both SEC teams going up that matters. Auburn's going to play Texas A&M at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two ranked teams, Auburn 8, Texas A&M 17. Texas A&M is a four-point favorite in this game. This is a game where I think it's uh, two of the most – well, in my mind, evenly matched teams in the in the West. They both look really good this year, but not quite Alabama good, not quite Georgia good. But uh, if I had to say one was better than the other, it would be really tough right now. I don't know who I'd take on this one. And it's you say it's at Texas A and M. It's at A and M, so I kind of a tough environment. The, yeah, the heads up on that one. But uh, Auburn is not going to throw anything at you that you don't know. We've got uh, Kentucky visiting Mississippi State. What do you think about this week? one? Mississippi State is one of those teams that you don't know what you're going to get week from week either. Right. I would say it's at home and Mississippi State would win, but those are two evenly matched squads too. I, I think it's a player two in between them, and the score is going to be a seven-point difference. If this is a Kentucky team that should have beaten Florida and a Mississippi State team that just got beat by Kansas State, so I don't know. And then uh, Arkansas is going to get San Jose State University mm-hmm. coming in to play them. Yippee. They are a 21-point favorite in it. Yeah. I, I, again, you know, we talked about Arkansas early on in the season, and they had, I think, an 18-point spread. And we said, fucking take the, take the points because yep. there's no way that uh, Arkansas pours it on anybody like that. They put some points on the board last week, but I still don't think Arkansas is good enough to uh, cover that kind of spread. They believe it in Vegas. I don't know. I haven't seen I haven't seen San Jose State play, so I can't say much. I will know more at midweek than I do. San Diego, they're, they're in the Mountain West. The Mountain West seems to fucking beat everybody this year, so, you know. You're right about that. Don't sleep on them. So, the game of the week of the century of the year so far, Notre Dame playing Uga. Yeah, I will do that. If I'm picking this game, I'm going to do what I do every year when Notre Dame is ranked in the top 10. I'm going to bet with whoever they're playing, whoever's against them. I never so believe I, in Notre Dame. Buy 500 in on uh, Ugga. Absolutely. I'm going with Ugga all the way. What's the spread on this one? Do you know? I cannot find one yet. Interesting. So, yeah, sorry about that one. I went to look, and there was nothing out yet when I went to look. They have, they have a spread on every other game except for that game. We'll find out soon enough. They will give us one eventually. They will not hide it that long. That will be a game people put money on, and it will all go Ugga's way. I got a um, feeling Caleb the Greek might weigh in on that one. I will. What's great about Notre Dame and Vegas is Notre Dame has so many shitbag fans 
that couldn't even sniff that campus that are fans that will bet money on them regardless who they're playing, that Vegas will always fucking make their money, even if guys like us put down ten grand on the other team and win it. Yeah. All those other short sleeve fucking chin strap beard pieces of shit bet on Notre Dame. <laughs> I just found a line on Bavada, Georgia. You wanna guess what the line would come out as? If if I was setting it, it would be I would put it at thirteen to get bets. <laughs> Georgia is a thirteen and a half point favorite. Perfect. Nailed it, Caleb the Great. Yeah. That'll drag enough idiots in the bet on yeah. Well, that's that's the schedule, and then we got uh, Mizzou, South Carolina. Yeah, like I said, Mizzou's the favorite in that one, so that always scares me. Uh, it's our string of home games, so we will see. This is our first really big test for uh, Kelly Bryant. I'd love to see him whoop up on old South Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, Caleb, we've gone around the horn. All right, we'll take our final break for the day, come back, and we'll do some Kansas news. This is the Mazodcast. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. This one comes to us from Wes White, featuring Ted. It's called 1994. Wes is a Mizzou graduate as well as a producer. Thanks for sending in your music. You can do it, too, at mizzodcast at gmail.com. As we do every week, Caleb, we uh, want to take a look to our West to see what those wily neighbors in Kansas are doing. It's time for Kansas News. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story of the day, sexually transmitted diseases rise in Kansas, especially in rural counties. So this is a this is a pretty predictable one, I think. Kansas, yeah, absolutely. Is, you know, Kansas is disease-ridden in all shapes and forms. It's no uh, big shock that they'd also have lots of sexually transmitted diseases. Well, they just got little rid of leprosy last year. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So, as a nurse, Betsy Rodriguez interviews Kansas teens who are sexually active and are often shockingly ignorant about sex. So, if I sit here and ask a teenager, have you had oral or vaginal sex, Rodriguez says, some of them cannot tell you the difference between what oral and vaginal sex is. So uh, that's a sad state of affairs. I don't know if that means that they're having too much sex or if they're ignorant about sex. Yes. It sounds like they're not fucking. This is, this is like one of those, like, you, you know, we did Varsity Blues where they're asking, you know, how many fingers are held up. And he says, no, 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 no. you got to ask true, false. This is Kansas. you got to word it this way. Are you having pussy sex, mouth sex? <laughs> they can understand that kind of blunt, direct language, yeah. Then you have to specify which animal you're referring to. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I don't know who they think they're 
dealing with, but vaginas in Kansas, no one knows what a vagina is in Kansas. Or any three-syllable word. Yeah, most of them call it a warm mitt. <laughs> Since 2015, STDs have climbed in Kansas. A 2017 survey from the Centers for Disease Control noted a rise in syphilis including amongst newborns of infected mothers. More gonorrhea cases are reported, and the report states that's particularly worrisome because the agency is running out of treatment options to cure emerging strains of drug-resistant gonorrhea. That, <laughs> that's scary. Monster gonorrhea is happening in Kansas. Be careful. they got rabid prairie dogs and drug-resistant monster gonorrhea. They deserve that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they just... They just really do. Uh, I think we should build a wall uh, between Missouri and Kansas. Yeah. Uh, keep them out of here, at least. Agreed. You know, I think most people are for that. <laughs> I uh, think most sensible people, right-minded yeah. people. I mean, they're, we're definitely for that. And uh, you know what? Kansas, fuck Medicare expansion. You guys don't need that. Yeah. Uh, you just need six-foot-tall gyneria blobs running around. <laughs> From January to June 2019, Finney County had seen a higher rate of chlamydia cases than it did in the same period in 2018, and it said that n new cases of HIV are also on the rise. A lot of people believe that HIV and syphilis aren't a thing anymore. I don't know if anybody believes that, but they're both coming back, she said. <laughs> they're, like, they're on fire. They're coming They're, they're coming like. Back. They're like halter tops. They're back. Yeah. Uh, there are different risk factors for these things, but it applies to everybody. It doesn't just mean men have sex with men or bisexual people have sex with transgender people. What? Who thinks this? Good Lord, Kansas. All right. Risky behaviors such as unprotected sex and needle sharing contribute to new infections. Rodriguez said the uptick in opioid and methamphetamine use tracks with the escalation of HIV and syphilis cases. Health is not top of mind, Rodriguez says. Access to drugs is top of mind. Well, no fucking shit. Well, maybe if they all get butt aids, we don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> uh, some state legislators want to attack the problem more aggressively. If a person tests positive for an STD, they want the freedom to treat their sex partners, even if they have yet to be infected. This approach has been called expedited partner therapy, is currently illegal in Kansas. A bill approving the treatment passed in Kansas House last year, but stalled in the state Senate. Lawmakers are hopeful that by sticking their heads in the sand and preaching like it were still the 1880s, people will stop having sex for the first time in recorded human history ever. Well, you can pray the AIDS away. <laughs> Apparently that's the approach Kansas uh, medical officials are taking. Mm -hmm. 1,200 pounds of butter turns to Oz at the Kansas State Fair. A real change in uh, stories, you know. It's a real uh, upbeat story. Now, Kansas State Fair Butter Sculpture is offering a new visual this year. Color. Wow. That's a big, oh, exciting nice. update. Yeah. Colored butter. They're, they're really getting somewhere. They don't have color TV yet, but they've got colored butter. I bet it looks delicious. In the Pride of Kansas building, which is sounds like a TP or outhouse. Sarah Pratt and her husband Andy sculpted 1,200 pounds of unsalted butter into a scene from The Wizard of Oz. The scene depicts Dorothy complete with ruby red slippers, along with Toto the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Lion, and Glinda the Witch. I love this scene, Pratt. It shows that you've always had the power to find your way home. Pratt used red food coloring to make Dorothy's ruby red slippers. My son asked to watch The Wizard of Oz yesterday, and Kelly and I told him that uh, that movie did not exist, <laughs> that it's just a figment of people's imagination that they talk about, and it does not exist. We do not allow him to watch that. Yeah. Nothing to do with Kansas. <laughs> it's pretty trippy when you get down to it. 
Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's on every year. I've for a long time I used to think that the state of Maine did not actually exist. That it was a that anybody who said they'd been to Maine was lying to you. That I'd never met anybody who was actually from Maine or had been to Maine. I was starting to think that maybe Maine, just in general was a figment of the imagination. It was just a part of Canada that nobody knew about. That's a conspiracy theory that I've gone off of. No, well, I'll look into it for uh, you. Okay, please do. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, she topped these uh, ruby red slippers off with red sugar sprinkles because that's that's perfect, just perfect. Uh-huh. Uh, she said she doesn't like to use a lot of color ordinarily, but she thought this was perfect. Uh, this year, the Kansas State Fair started a butter sculpting contest, which drew a crowd of more than 70 people. 70. Oh, shit. <laughs> They couldn't even Kansas break, football game. They couldn't even break a hundred. Yeah, you're right. Though. It's, it's a glass half full outlook. They fucking stood around it and waved weed. It was amazing. <laughs> oh, Pratt says she loves sculpting butter. It gives her a chance to exercise the creative part of her minuscule brain. Well, good for fucking her, Kansas. That was, a, that was an uplifting story. I'm going to think about butter the rest of the night. Colored butter. Well, you, you may not, Caleb, because what comes up must come down. Our last story is a bit of a downer. Uh, Kansas anti-vaccine groups say membership numbers are surging. Of course they do. An idiotic Kansas anti-vax group says its membership has grown dramatically since the state added two new vaccine requirements for children returning to school this fall. As of August 2nd, Kansas requires a meningitis vaccine for students beginning 7th grade and students entering 11th grade who weren't vaccinated before their 16th birthday. And students entering kindergarten and first grade have to have two doses of the hepatitis A vaccine. The vaccines are required for children in public and private schools in addition to five other mandated vaccines. Stupidly, exceptions are allowed for religious or medical reasons. There's lots of stupid people in Kansas. Yeah. I'm sure that it's growing, just like the KKK is growing. Yeah, a lot of disease. You shouldn't join it, but people do. Yeah, diseases are on the rise, and anti-vaxxers are on the rise. Shocking. Yeah, Kansans like to join bad things. Connie Newcomb, a brain-dead president for Kansans for Health Freedom, said the nonprofit has grown larger since the Kansas Department of Health and Environment held a hearing on the two new vaccine requirements in June. Does Connie have MD by her name, by chance? You know, it's funny because MD is not anywhere near her name. Oh, I wonder if any other people on there have MD next to their name. Well, it's Kansas, it. so if the odds are low. List, I doubt anything has MD next to their name. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they're from Kansas, so the odds are low. I yes. think uh, most people in Kansas are independent enough to that they prefer to make their own family decisions without the government telling them what to do, said Newcomb, despite being living, breathing evidence to the contrary. Newcomb, a grandmother living outside Hutchinson and a criminal danger to society, says she stopped vaccinating her children decades ago. Yeah, not not a doctor, apparently, Caleb. Uh, <laughs> I'm just guessing, yeah. Jeez, these people drive me crazy. Oh, I do. I mean... Because you can do whatever you want if you live on a compound out in the middle of nowhere and don't interact with people, but when you don't vaccinate your children and then send them in the public, you fuck up other people's kids. Yeah, and this one's not like a political issue. It's just like... It's 2019. We have these magical scientific things called vaccines, which keep people from getting disease, and morons' brains can still do gymnastics in such a way as to say, nope, I want to ignore the magic of science, which millions of people have died from these diseases, but I want to say, hey, I'll take my chances. (laughs) Idiots. 
Well, they're they're extraordinary people, and I hope they get a fucking disease. Let's read on here. It says both the illnesses are severe and preventable, and the safety profile for the vaccine is well recognized in keeping with the CDC and the and other scientific authorities," said Christy Pankritz, a spokeswoman with the state health department. She added, "But go ahead and take your advice from some quack grandma in Kansas instead of the CDC, you fucking idiots." <laughs> <laughs> that's a direct quote. Wow, she's really... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's solid. Way to get to the point. <laughs> Members of the anti-vax group said they worry about the pharmaceutical industry's influence on scientific studies. Many also discuss their children's illnesses and disorders, which they claim occur or grew worse after vaccinations, despite overwhelming research showing the contrary. They also have some very interesting theories on moon landings and chemtrails. <laughs> They uh, they watch a lot of info wars. I'm sure. Yeah. Lizard lizard people is their is the thing they're most scared of. Uh, people are fucking crazy. I wouldn't care if they killed themselves. It's the fact that they're putting others at risk that make them, I think, criminal dangers to society. Absolutely. One last piece for the day. Let's see. Did Kansas play football this week? They did play football this week. And on a surprising note, for the first time since George W. Bush was in office. Kansas won a road game. I repeat, oh, how about that? Since George W. Bush was in office, Kansas <laughs> won a road game. Uh, some of the college students uh, at Mizzou right now were not alive, probably, when Kansas last won a road game. Oh, yeah, it's just fantastic. They beat uh, they beat Boston College forty-eight to twenty-four. Boston College came out and was dick stomping them. I turned the game off, woke up the next morning, and uh, Kansas had won. Les Miles had mad-hattered them to death. Yeah, he's going to look like a hero to them for winning like four games. Oh, yeah, he should he should get a $10 million fucking raise. <laughs> yeah, it's always sad to see Kansas win, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting one with the Mad Hatter at the helm. It's actually another point to talk about other than them being just the worst team in the Power Five conferences uh now we've got crazy mad hatter less miles to uh jabber about too so oh, well, now they're into the meat of the big 12 coming up they're gonna get dick stomped every week so we'll get Agreed. to talk about that all right this has been kansas news last piece of business for the day caleb we've got a couple of awards to give out the uh, first one is going to be fun to talk about. The award for player of the game is named after Kirk Farmer's flowing, beautiful golden locks. It's Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game. So many guys to choose from in this game. You have Kelly Bryant. You got Roundtree, Kale Garrett. You know Tucker McCann kicking huge field goals. Three of them booming punts all over the place. We may have an SEC special teams player of the week. In him, yeah, I have a defensive player of the week in Kale Garrett. You know, ah, there's tons of them to go around. <laughs> if you got to pick one, who are you going to go with? I don't know. I'd like to give. I'd like to give it to Tucker McCann just because Colin's not here. <laughs> I know how much he hates him. Yeah, and he would be vehemently against it. But uh, you know, I'll let I'll let you throw your sense out there. I mean, I kind of like your uh, line of logic. Like you said, you can make a valid case for about anybody on this squad, and uh, so you might as well make it the kicker just to piss Colin off. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. All right, Tucker McCann, (laughs) 50-point win. You're the player of the game. (laughs) Uh, The next award, Caleb, is, of of course, our uh, TJ Moe Douche of the Week Award. Douche of the Week. And uh, we talked a little bit about this beforehand, at least via text, about uh, who might be the douche. I mean, 
there there were a couple things that popped up to me. One of them was that Mississippi State guy who was talking about how bad they're going to be Kansas State after, and then of course Kansas State won. Another thing was Alabama and their uh, putting you know like tracking collars on their students so they can see if they stayed at, for the entirety of the game. Yeah, treat them, treat them like a coon dog. You got to follow them around wherever they go. <laughs> right, it's like chipping your cat. You know yeah. that's how they're treating their fans. Anyway, uh, that was very douchey, but I think what took the cake for me was a little quote by our good friend Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow blew this one out of the water about, uh, what was it, 10 o'clock Saturday morning? Yeah, he was passionate about this. Oh, Tim Tebow went on, you know, crying about this California bill, you know, to pay college players. And LeBron's behind it. All these people are behind it, wanting these kids to get paid for what they do. And Tebow came on impassioned, strong, talking about how he played for Florida, the team that he always wanted to play for. And he was there because of the school and the program. And he loved college. And he doesn't need that money. And you play for the school. Fuck Tim Tebow. He is a piece of shit. This is a guy whose parents lived in a fucking huge house, and they went and rented an apartment in another school district so Tim could play football for the coach they wanted him to. They could afford that. They could afford shoes, food, anything the kid wanted. He's never struggled. And don't get me wrong, I've never struggled. My parents paid for shit. I I didn't have to pay for school. But that fucking guy has no clue what some of these kids go through every month on 1600 bucks. Yeah, it's funny because, I mean, I feel like the tide is definitely on the one direction on this one, and Tim Tebow staked out a position that uh, was surprising to me because he's usually all for the players and the students and everything, but he basically made it sound like if you wanted to be able to utilize your own name and your own body for gain personally, um, like, you know, you would expect to be able to do in any job ever, then you're being selfish, you know what I mean? Here, let's go. To, I've got the quote pulled up here. Why don't we just take a listen? So people know what we're talking about. I feel like I, I have a little credibility and knowledge about this because when I was at the when I was at the University of Florida, I think my jersey was one of the top selling jerseys around the world. Uh, it was like Kobe, LeBron, and then I was right behind them, and I didn't make a dollar from it. But nor did I want to Bullshit. because I knew going into college what 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 it um what it was all about. I knew going to Florida, my dream school, where I wanted to go, the passion for it, and if I could support my team, support my college, support my university, that's what it's all about. But now we're changing it from us, from we, from my university, from being an alumni where I care, which makes college football and college sports special, to then, okay, it's not about us, it's not about we, it's just about me. And yes, I know we live in a selfish culture where it's all about us, but we're just adding and piling onto that, where it changes what's special about college football. We turn it into the NFL, where who has the most money, that's where you go. The NFL where you'd love to be right now. That's why people are more passionate about college sports than they are about NFL. That's why the, 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 um, the stadiums are bigger in college than no, they are in the not. NFL because it's about your team. It's about your university. It's about where my family wanted to go. It's about where my grandfather had a dream of seeing Florida win an SEC championship. And you're taking that away so that young kids can earn a dollar. And that's just not where I feel like college football needs to go. Okay. First, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of problems with that. It's a lot you to know, break down here. Oh, it, 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 it's just like this. University of Missouri is known for journalism. If these kids that are in J school right now could make $3 million a year doing what they're doing, are you telling me that they would stay in school? Would right. they Would they do that? Is anybody paying them right now to watch them write a fucking paper? That doesn't happen. But their kids playing football 
are having money generated hand over fist every week for that university. You've got to give them a little something. Tim has no idea. These kids, lots of these kids are poor. Their parents can't afford stuff like he got. He does not know. Well, for, for me too, it's just the hypocrisy of it. I mean, first of all, Tim Tebow, the second he was eligible to do so, went out and he was selling his fucking autograph for as much money as he could get. $160 he, is what he charges for an autograph. He denigrates the NFL because it's about money. He wanted to get every fucking nickel he could out of, guess who, the fucking NFL. I mean, he is a fucking hypocrite. And also, nobody's taking shit away from anybody. He acts like if you pay players, all of a sudden, your grandpa who wanted to see Florida win an SEC title won't be able to do that anymore. What the fuck are you talking about, Tim Tebow? Just because you're changing a policy to something you don't like because you're getting yours doesn't mean that they're not going to play football anymore or that a Florida win in the SEC isn't going to be as valuable anymore. It's complete and total bullshit. And the thing, the, the other thing that I fucking hate about it is the argument that's the worst, stupidest argument in the world, which only fucking idiots use, which is that, uh, well, they're getting a free education. They are getting paid. That is fucking bullshit. What if I told you that, like, your job right now, you could you could keep doing exactly what you were doing, but instead of your salary, I was going to pay you $5,000 a year. And now you could say, hey, I don't like that. I, I need to get paid more, you know, to live. Well, I could just say, well, you're getting paid, so you should be happy. You shouldn't be bitching about it. It's selfish to want any more than that. That's, I mean, they're... Fucking college education is worth a pittance of what their value is on the open market when it comes to being a college football player you know, or, you know, a, a professional football player. You're worth more as a football player or basketball player than anybody else on that campus. That's you right. Ma- you, no one else on that campus, the f- philosophy major is not making that campus any money. He does not. I didn't make the university money. You didn't make the university any fucking money when you were there. No one was buying jerseys of us and tickets to watch us play. It doesn't make sense. Alabama doesn't have a 100,000-seat stadium because the kids don't get paid. People aren't coming out to celebrate that they're free labor. You know, that's not has nothing to do with the size of football stadiums. It's asinine. It makes Tim Tebow out like a fucking idiot. And I'm sure it makes him hated by current student athletes i mean fuck thanks a lot tebow we're not, we're not adding seats to furrow field so that more people can come watch the tigers play because they're just begging to play you're doing it to sell more seats to generate more funds yeah. and that's all there is to it the, the and com- without those kids playing you're not getting those funds ncaa is terrible because they run they run all this stuff these colleges don't need the NCAA to have a football program no. to do any of this. They can all say, fuck you, and do whatever they want, and people are still going to go to games. They're still going to pay for tickets. They're still going to do all that stuff, and, and the NCAA can do nothing about it if they want to leave. This Cali- it would take Nick Saban going, we're leaving. Yeah. We're done. Well, I think this California law is a good, is a first step in that direction as well. And I think that's why people are getting passionate about it. But like when Tim Tebow says that, uh, when he didn't get paid for his jersey, nor did he want to, that is a biggest crock of fucking shit in the world. If, if somebody would have come up to Tim Tebow and said, Hey, uh, we're going to sell your jersey and you're getting half the profits. He absolutely would have said, fuck yes, I'll do it. Let's do it right now. He is full of shit, and Tim T- Tebow, you know, the, the king amongst some, is a liar on TV when it came oh, to that, no question. Worse, people like Doug Gottlieb, the yeah, fucking it's credit, card, credit card thief, D- Doug Gottlieb's had a good career, 
Doug Gottlieb was not a great basketball player. The motherfucker couldn't even shoot free throws. He got his career because he was a college basketball player. If he was not that, do you think he would be making all the money he has? No. I mean, it's 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 just crazy what they think. I don't know. I mean, it's it's an argument that you shouldn't pay people for the work that they do. That never holds up to history. We've got. I mean, there's a track record on this. You should probably pay people when they do something for you. You know what I mean? Doing or things allow for them allow them to enter the job market when they feel they want to. Yeah. And that's not the that's not the NCAA rule. The NFL has the rule. You have to, you know, be three years in, and and then you have the rule in college basketball. You have to play a year. But don't tell me the NCAA doesn't have a helping hand in saying that. Well, know? and there's the there's just the implicit reality that uh, you can't get into the NFL unless you go through the established channels, which are the NCAA. Tim is just hypocrisy. He's also the douche of the week. Douche of the week. All right, Caleb, after we've bitched about Tim Tebow for 10 minutes, uh, I guess we've got another football game coming up on Saturday. It's SEC interconference action. Finally, South Carolina is coming to town. Are you excited about the game? I can't wait. I can't wait either. I think uh, we're going to try to have another midweek show for you. Colin will be back, and we'll be able to uh, get the gang together and hopefully celebrate the first conference win, putting Mizzou in a tie for first place in the SEC East. Yeah, it'd be great. Well, I think we've successfully done it uh, without Colin, so M-I-Z. Fuck Tim Debo. <laughs> Are you having pussy sex mouse sex? <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. 
It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 